Welcome, everyone, to the Thursday edition of the Markets and Mortgages podcast. I am your host, Tyler Crawley, and we're going to do kind of a short pod this morning. I do want to remind you that tonight we will be again on Facebook Live. My goal is to do Tuesday and Thursday nights live on Facebook. Basically, it's just this podcast, but if you don't want to wait until the morning, you can listen and watch me record it live on Facebook. Otherwise, keep listening every morning. It's just, it's the same version pretty much. Maybe a few things. I do edit some things and, and put some things in and take some things out. But for the most part, it's it's the same thing. So if you don't want to wait until the morning to know what happened that day, you can tune in for now on Tuesdays and Thursdays. We'll see what happens going forward if it's popular enough. Who knows? I have no idea. But let's talk about the big story that happened yesterday, and that was mortgage demand. Every Wednesday, we get our data from the Mortgage Bankers Association. What happened with the prior week with demand for mortgages? And I got to say, I was surprised. I don't know anyone that wasn't surprised. Big jump. Week over week, total mortgage demand up 12% to end the month. I did not see this coming. I just assumed that we was going to keep dropping and drop, especially refis. <laughs> not the last week of January. The refinance index jumped 18% week over week. Now, it's still down 50% year over year. That's obvious. But where did that come from? <laughs> that just that surprises me. Uh, purchases. The purchase index was up 4% week over week and is still down 7% from the same time one year ago. And because of the big jump in refis, the refinance share of mortgage activity increased to 57.3% of total applications. That is up from 55.8% the previous week. And the reason why I wouldn't expect refis to jump is because rates continue to climb. However, and maybe this is the reason why, uh, they are starting to slow. So they're still going up, but just not as much. I mean, at one point, I think two or three weeks in a row, we saw a over 10 basis point jump, like three weeks in a row. Well, this week... Nowhere close to that. The 30-year fixed average contract interest rate was up three basis points to 3.59% and is now 67 basis points higher than a year ago. The 15-year fixed saw an even smaller climb, only one basis point. The average contract interest rate was 3.01%, but that is up 57 basis points from one year ago. And I noticed that the 30 and 15-year are starting to like converge, not the actual rate, but how big of a difference it was from the year prior. So when rates first started jumping, the 30-year was far ahead of where it was a year ago, and the 15-year was somewhat close. But now we're seeing almost parity with regards to the spread between the 30 and 15-year versus what they were one year ago. So that's interesting. I don't know what it means, but it's interesting. That's always the key. As long as it's interesting. Uh, Joel Kahn, the Mortgage Banker Association's Associate Vice President of Economic and Industry Forecasting, noted that refis had the big jump, but purchases are still the hottest part of the market. Makes sense. I know, I know you're going to say, Tyler, total applications are still majority refis. I get that. But purchases are still the hot part. Purchase applications increased in the final full week of January. The average purchase loan size hit a new survey high once again, 
We've mentioned this, I don't know how many times. It is now at $441,100. Thanks to low inventory levels and swift home price growth, continue to push average loan size higher. Now, this is not something that we're going to probably see. This is an anomaly. (laughs) Don't expect refis to jump again next week. Now, I was surprised this week, so maybe I'll be surprised next week. But uh, everyone's pretty much assuming that as rates continue to move up, you're going to see refis slowly fall away. But I don't know what happened this last week. (laughs) 18% jump in refi demand. I don't know. Maybe someone finally realized there's, there's still millions, tens of millions of people out there that would probably benefit from a refi. But I don't understand why all of a sudden now I wouldn't. I wonder if some of them are cash outs. I'm wondering if maybe that's why you're seeing a jump. People are realizing, hey, I'm going to tap this equity. And the longer I wait, the less attractive it might be. So that could be one of the reasons. I guess we'll have to wait for. Is it Black Knight? It's either Black Knight or Adam Data Solutions. Uh, I should know this. I should. I, I'm, I'm a big fan of the report, and it looks at rate lock volume, and it breaks down, you know, rate term refinancing or, uh, like I said, cash outs, rate term refinancing and purchases. And so we'll know soon enough if we see a big jump in cash outs. That could be why we saw a jump in refis. So soon enough, we will have the answer to that question. But it is interesting and surprising uh now not so well i guess i should know actually this is surprising this was surprising the economy lost three hundred thousand jobs in january yeah didn't see that one coming either <laughs> a day of surprises with regards to economic data the economy lost three hundred thousand jobs according to the adp national employment report Mid-sized companies were down 59,000, followed by big business who lost 98,000 jobs. And then small business, I mean, they had the biggest loss by far, down 144,000 jobs in January. Like I said, surprising. Uh, The service sector lost 10 times as many jobs as the goods sector with, or the goods sector, not like there's good and bad sector, the goods sector with a 274,000 job decline in January. Leisure and hospitality took the brunt of the slowdown with 154,000 fewer jobs, followed by trade, transportation, utilities that lost 62,000, and then education and health were down 15,000. In the goods sector, they only lost 27,000 jobs, and that was almost all manufacturing. Manufacturing was down 21,000 jobs. Construction was down 10,000. And interestingly enough, natural resources and mining was in the green. They were actually up 4,000 jobs. So good way to start the year for that industry. Now, this, of course, was a big miss. No one thought we were going to see a negative number. Economists had projected that growth would slow, but they were still expecting a number in the green right around 200,000 jobs. Now, on Friday, we got the big jobs report. It is jobs week. We got the non-farm payroll on Friday, and the expectations, the conventional wisdom, is 150,000 jobs created in January. But you have to wonder if you're going to see some revisions with this ADP report. And in fact, I did see today the most pessimistic number that I saw was from PNC that projected 400,000 jobs lost in January and 350,000 just in the private sector. 
So they saw the ADP report and went, all right, let's change our prediction for what's going to be happening with the market. We will see. But yeah, I mean, it. when the ADP number comes in and we know the ADP and then the non-farm payroll, there's not been a lot of similarities. I mean, sometimes they're close. Sometimes they're not anywhere close to being close. <laughs> and we don't know. So we will see. We'll see on Friday. We'll be talking about it on Monday's podcast. So what's happening today? Well, as I mentioned, it's jobs week. So at 830, we got the jobless claims. They're actually expected to fall. Surprisingly, with all this bad jobs data that we're expecting and have already gotten, uh, they're supposed to fall to 242,000 from 247 the prior week. And then this is a big one. Also at 830, we're going to be getting Q4 productivity numbers. This is big because we are seeing wage gains throughout the economy. And a lot of people have talked about a wage price death cycle where basically you find yourself in the situation where you have to raise prices and you got to raise wages in order to help your employees pay for these new prices. But then by raising your wages, your costs go up. So you have to raise prices and you just, and it's a horrible, vicious cycle. One of the ways though, that you can raise wages and it doesn't impact you is by increasing productivity. That's the what you want to see. When you're raising wages, you want to see high productivity because that means you're not going to have, your costs aren't going up because your employees are being more productive. That's where the pay raises are coming from. Raising wages with no productivity gains, that's how you find yourself in the price wage death spiral. And it'll be interesting because they're predicting a 3.2% increase and in Q3, we saw a 5.2% decrease. So we better be hoping for a positive number. And it'd be nice if we could beat estimates because that's the only way you can justify these pay increases that we've been seeing. That's not going to lead to then higher costs. Um, some things that are actually, I want to pay attention to that are not happening. Also at 10 a.m., by the way, we got mortgage data that's coming out from Freddie Mac, the gold standard when it comes to looking at where mortgage rates are. But we got some big things happening globally this morning. We got the Bank of England. It's going to be making an announcement on their interest rates. They actually raised rates in December 15 basis points. First time they've done it since the pandemic, where everyone across the country or globe, I should say, um, dropped their borrowing rate to zero. So they already raised it. They're not expected to raise it again, but we'll see what happens. Uh, the Eurozone, their central bank is going to be meeting to discuss this situation as well. They're also not supposed to raise rates, but on Wednesday morning, their inflation rate increased unexpectedly. Not a lot, but it was supposed to drop and it's still increased. And so, I don't know, there could be something surprising. People are worried about inflation. We'll see what the central banks do. I mean, if they both decide they're going to raise rates, I mean, it could put a lot more pressure on the Fed. We all know the Fed's going to be raising rates in March. But if we start seeing central banks across the globe start raising their rates, maybe we could see that possible 50 basis points from the Federal Reserve in March out of necessity. Who knows? We'll see. But so we got some big things happening around the globe. We got some big things happening here in the United States. And we'll talk about it either tonight, if you want to tune in for the Facebook live version of this podcast, or you can wait and I'll talk to you on Friday morning for another edition of Markets and Mortgages. 
you guys enjoy your Thursday. And as always, do not wait to buy real estate. You buy real estate and wait. Wait.